Let's go straight to the Word. Let's go straight to the Word. We're going to do that first. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Somebody amen me when they get there. I didn't hear enough. I'm going to give you all a few more seconds. Much better. All right, very good. Have you never heard? Have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of the understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. Young men will stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I praise you. I thank you so much, God, for this church, the leadership of this church, this congregation. God, I've seen so many people just step up so much this past week. God, I thank you for putting them in place around us to help us. God, not only that, but just to encourage. I've gotten so much encouragement this past week, God. So many people have reached out to me. They've texted. They've just, God, thank you for putting myself on people's hearts. I'm very, very humbled by that. And uh, God, again, just the growth of this church. I mean, it is very visual now. You are working in a mighty way. And I have no doubt that there's so much more to come because, God, the vision you gave me, is it's, it's more. But I want to thank you for the steps that we're taking to get to that vision. God, I just ask that you continue to fill us with the boldness and the strength and the courage that we need, again, to reach your vision that you have for this church. I ask that you, it's always your decision, God. I don't want us to sway in any direction. I always want us to come to you. So make sure that you constantly keep us in check for that. That we have brothers and sisters that we surround ourselves with that keep us humble and, and keep us in check to where we're always looking towards you for all decisions and we are not looking towards any man for any decision. God, this is you. This is your church. Just because it says Christian warriors, it still says church after that. And your church is worldwide. God, just help us again. Help us to build that vision. Help us to keep focused on that. And God, today I ask that you open the minds and the hearts of everybody that's in this room. The topic that we're speaking on today is a tough one. And it's something that, um, that I know I need your help with. And I want to thank you for putting men around me that gave me so much scripture and so much teaching for this sermon. So, God, in this moment, I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head. To the bottom of my feet. And you take all selfishness, pride, anger, worry, stubbornness, exhaustion. God, I ask that you take it away and you cast it away. And you replace it with nothing but your love, your breath. And God, most importantly, your words right now do not let me get in the way of this message. 
I claim these things in your name. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us forgive. Amen. All right, guys, today I want to discuss, again, this is a a tough topic. Y'all just heard me talking to God about that. I've talked to God about this a lot the last couple days. Most churches run from a subject because it's a hard conversation or if it's, it might be a tough topic. But I need y'all to understand, and I said this a couple weeks ago, that Christian Warriors Church, we're not going to run from tough topics or hard conversations. I refuse to do that. I mean, after all, Warrior is in the title of our church, right? I mean, we need to act like it. It's kind of like we need to, you know, teach truth. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. As your pastor, I feel that I would not be doing any of y'all justice if I didn't talk about the hard things that the world puts in front of us each and every day. I think we can all agree with that. That is my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. And sometimes these are really tough conversations that, I'll be honest with y'all, the the regular me would not want to have these conversations. I wouldn't want to talk about these things. But I made an oath, and I'm going to stand firm on that. So when he gives me, again, something that's tough to talk on, it's like I told y'all a couple weeks ago, I promise you I'll follow through with that. Y'all have my word. Y'all can definitely hold me accountable for that. Today, the title... It's never that bad. This topic has been brought to my attention. I, had, I, I did not know what I, and y'all, y'all heard me say this a lot, but I really, after last week, I had pretty much all the sermons planned out for a long time. I kind of had an idea of the direction God wanted me to go, but when I woke up Monday morning, I had no idea what I was going to be preaching on this Sunday. And Monday is usually my rest day. I, I honestly, I, I just kind of chill and give my brain a, a second to rest. So I was doing that Monday. So Tuesday, I wake up, nothing. Wednesday, nothing until Wednesday night. And then I realized what I needed to preach on. It was mentioned to me once then. The next day, I get a message from somebody that's on our online campus that watches and very similar question. Within the next couple of days, multiple questions came at me about this situation. I'm talking about suicide. Suicide has become a, a major issue in our world today. You know, I, I, I've never heard a sermon on suicide before. And actually, I was searching on YouTube, just looking for other pastors and what they've preached before and so forth on suicide to get some inspiration, maybe some notes from all of this. I couldn't find any. There's not much out there. Again, that was my confirmation that I definitely needed to preach on this. It's not getting out there enough, guys. It's a major problem. Each year, there are over one million suicide attempts. Of those attempts, there are right at 50,000 deaths. There are more deaths from suicide than car wrecks. Soak that in. Twice as many people die from suicide than homicide. That tells me we're always worried about our own protection, but maybe we need to start worrying about ourselves. As I was studying from this sermon... There was one huge statistic that hit me right in the face, guys. Since 1999, 
suicides have increased 25% since 1999. Also in that same time frame, teenage suicides have tripled. Today, almost one out of every five teens have suicidal thoughts. 20%. 20% have suicidal thoughts. Guys, this is our next generation coming up. And 20% of them are that concerned about their life, like how they're living their life. Are they, are they pleasing people? What's the problem? Well, I'll tell you what, I started doing a really in-depth study on, okay, 1999. What in the world? Why from 1999 until now has all this occurred? And why is it teens? Why is it tripled with teens? In 1999, social media was invented. See, a big problem, guys. You got people watching social media, whatever it may be. There's tons of it out there. And they're watching somebody else's life. And they're seeing all these great things, right? That social media portrait. And they think, man, my life isn't like that. Why don't I have that life? That's what's causing this problem. And here's what y'all need to understand. The ones that actually do that, and you look at somebody else, and you're thinking, man, I wish I had that life. You're only seeing the 1% of their day. You're only seeing the pictures that are, you know, edited. What what do they call them? What what are all the things? Filtered. Thank you. Yeah, all that filtered stuff. That's all you're looking at. I mean, listen, like, I mean, I can go on there. I'm pale as all get out, right? I can go on there. I can be tan. I mean... Speaking of that, I'm going to prove to you guys that I actually worked at the garage sale yesterday. I mean, I got pretty burnt. It hurt. My forehead's on fire. So that's not a filter. I got sunburned, okay? But y'all get where I'm going here. People are watching others. They're like, man, I want that life. It's terrible for our teenagers. For our teenagers to try and live up to somebody else's life Parents, it's our job to step in and make sure they understand your life is what matters, not theirs. Not theirs on social media. Don't worry about this social media life. It's about the life that you live off of social media. Research shows that there are five motivating factors that make someone consider suicide. We're going to go over those five today. The first one, number one, is a cause that someone is committed to. Now, some of these we're going to run through because it's not as rampant as what I want to get to at the end of this. So y'all understand that if I kind of run through some of it. But a cause that someone is committed to, back in World War II, the older people definitely know what I'm talking about here, but you had Japanese dive bombers. Okay, that was their job. They would be flying a bomber jet. They would fly into ships. They'd fly into buildings. They'd blow up and they'd die, right? That's your... That's, that's one way that you would see that. They're, they're committed to a cause. You know, their government's telling them this is what they should do. They should give their life to go kill others. Al-Qaeda, 19, or excuse me, in, in 2001, on 9-11, that was their thought process. We're going to jump in this plane. We're going to take out thousands of people for a cause. Al-Qaeda. 
In this act, you not only become another statistic of suicidal deaths, but you also commit murder. The cause is nothing but Satan. A cause that someone is committed to. Our God is a peaceful, loving, merciful God. If you ever look at me and tell me that God told you to fly a plane into a building, I mean, you can have words. You don't serve the same God I do. If that's the case, you serve a false God. That's number one. I do want to show some scripture to back some of this up. James chapter 4, verse 7. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Y'all know I love this verse. I've, I've preached on this verse. But here's the thing that you need to understand. This is what I'm getting at here. Resist the devil. The people that I just talked about, Al-Qaeda, the Japanese dive bombers, so forth, they didn't resist. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This verse shows me that if he's not fleeing from you, you're not resisting, period. It's very simple. I love this verse. That's all you need to hear. If you're constantly under attack from Satan, if he's telling you to take your life, he's telling you to take your life and others' lives, okay, you're not resisting. You've got to resist. If you're struggling with that, come to the church. Come to us. Come to the elders. Come to the leadership. We can help you with that. Number two, the number two motivating factor is a pact between two or more people. This is usually heartache, heartbreak, that kind of stuff, love, passion. You know, you think about like Romeo and Juliet, right? You know, Juliet dies, Romeo comes in, drinks the poison, and then, you know, she ends up not dying. Then she has to take her life with a knife. That was a whole lot worse than the poison, right? But here, what I'm getting at is love... I didn't think it was that funny. Y'all thought it was. I was trying to be serious. Um, what you think is love can cause you... Nope, I'm going to start over. Earthly love can make you do stupid things. Right? Godly love, completely different ballgame. So what you need to focus on is not that earthly love that you get from a boyfriend or a girlfriend or even a husband and a wife. I need you all to understand something. Follow me here. God's love trumps all. Concentrate on God's love. Now, God gives you love through the marriage. Obviously, we learned about that in the last few weeks. And that's God's love between you and your wife and your children and the family and so forth. So you focus on that. But don't focus on that fake love, guys. Concentrate on God's. Let's go to Jeremiah 17.5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. The number three motivating factor that calls suicide. Feelings of meaninglessness. This is people I have no meaning or purpose on the earth. Understand again that that's only Satan speaking to you. To think that you have no meaning on this earth. I, I can't imagine somebody going that far where they, they feel like they have no meaning, they have no purpose. 
Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody knows this verse, most of us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Again, we've preached on this verse before, but the thing is, that word prosper, that's a big deal. Plans to prosper you. That means you have a purpose. There is a meaning in your life. Every person that's put on this earth, God has already planned your future. He has something for you. It's your decision to get there. He gives you free will to make that decision. A lot of people cut their life short, and they never reach the full vision that God wants them to actually go out and grab. Never think that you're meaningless, because as long as you're breathing, you're meaningful. I'm going to ask y'all a question. My father, who passed away back in September, for the last six months of his life, he wasn't, he wasn't my father. It was, it was a shell of my father. I remember dropping to my knees and begging for mercy. Let me ask y'all a question. Do you consider that suicide? Do you consider that I was asking God to take my father's life? Is that suicide? Am I asking for that? I'm asking for mercy. There's a major difference there, guys. That's what I believe in. You know, you, you hear about people that they have a loved one that's sick and, and they're only alive because they're on ventilations and oxygen and all that kind of stuff. And the doctor comes to you and it's that terrible conversation. And the doctor looks you in the eye and says, if we turn it off, they're gone. I, I know people that literally think that if you turn the machines off that you're allowing, you're, you're murdering somebody. You're allowing them to commit this, an act of suicide through that process. I completely disagree. When you pull the plug, you're giving God all the control. And if he wants to give mercy, he's going to give mercy. There's nothing wrong with praying for mercy, guys. When you see somebody going through pain and suffering, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not giving up. That's what I'm getting at. People are like, well, you're giving up if you do that. No, I'm not. No, that's the peace I have with God. That's what he's given me to pray for this person for is mercy. Because, listen, we all have a point in life where we're not going to be here anymore, right? We all have a, we all, we're all a book, and at some point you come to the last page, and it's the end. So praying for mercy for people that are struggling in those situations, and I've done that a lot, that's okay. Don't let that affect you, and don't let that affect your faith. Go to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 16. So let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there to receive his mercy and to find grace to help us in our times of need. So if you're lying on your deathbed and you're in a lot of pain and you start praying for mercy, that's not suicide. Y'all understand that? Because I want to get to the next one because the next one I'm going to spend a lot of time on. The fifth reason, fifth circumstances that overwhelm an individual. This is where anxiety, stress, depression, 
That's where all this sets in. This is that person that I can't handle this anymore. I can't take it. I've had enough of this world. I can't handle it. Those circumstances have overwhelmed this person. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. This is one of my elders' favorite verses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Y'all see that word, all? No matter what it is you're going through in life, no matter how far down you are and how overwhelmed you think you are, you can do all things through Christ. Whatever the situation is that you're fighting with, you can make it through with Christ. It doesn't say, I can do some things. It doesn't say I can do some things up to my comfort zone or I can do some things up to my knowledge. It says I can do all things. That doesn't mean that you can do one thing and not the other. I need you to understand you can do all things that God puts in front of you. All things. That one word can make a major difference in somebody's life. That one verse can make a big difference in somebody's life. I need y'all to understand there is never a time to give up. There's not. The only time you give up is when God tells you it's over. You know, what it, you know everybody knows the saying, you know, it's not over till the, the, the fat lady sings or whatever. Who did we talk about months back? Helga. When Helga sings, right, that's, that's when it's time. Some of y'all are laughing because y'all were here for that. Until I see God reaching his hand out to bring me home, I'm still fighting. Hang on just a second. I need to get eye level with you guys. I want y'all. This is almost a disaster, and it would have been on film. I would, you know. I can honestly sit here and say I've never come to a point in my life where I felt like I needed to give up. Never been there. Never have. But I do know that there are people in this room that probably have. I mean, 20% of teens. So I'm going to say out of a room of, you know, 100 to 120 people, however many we got in here, somebody in this room has had that thought. I get that. I understand that the world sucks. There's times that it's going to beat you down. I get that. I've been beaten down. I understand. But I need y'all to know It's never that bad. If you're a child of God, you've always got something to live for. I want to tell you guys a story. <laughs> when, I was, when I was growing up, I was playing football. I had a coach who... Uh, 
Every week, man, every week, I'd be in the gym, and I'd be working out harder. I'd, we'd be on the field running sprints, and I remember I was about to give up. I was just tired. I was struggling. Couldn't breathe. And this coach would always look at me, and he said, you got to pull that other person out of you, son. I was like, what? Next day, I'd be out there working out. Same thing, man. I'm dying. I'm about to fall out. Coach over there, Harp, got to pull that other one out of you. Pull that other one out of you. What? This went on for a long time. And I finally asked my coach. I said, Coach, I said, I, you know, I ain't the smartest person in the world, but they ain't but one of me, man. He said, no, nah, there's another one in there. He said, that other one controls your heart. That other one doesn't give up. I remembered him telling me that two days ago. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. When you're down and you're struggling, you got to pull that other one out. You can't make it. But the God inside you can. Y'all feel me on that? The Holy Spirit, like my coach was saying, you got another one in there that won't quit. The Holy Spirit don't quit. Do you know why the Holy Spirit don't quit? Because it doesn't listen to Satan. Satan's a quitter. You, children of God, are not quitters. Y'all feel me here? If you're struggling and you're thinking that you're supposed to end your life, I'm going to tell you right now, number one, you need to understand, God's not going to tell you to end your life. So when you hear that, that's Satan, right? We're going to take, that's number one, okay? Number two is, you're not a quitter. Don't be a quitter. Listen, you keep powering through. You be like my coach said. You pull that other one out of you that's somebody that takes it past 100%. In Acts chapter 16, and you, you don't have to look this up. I'll tell the story. Paul and Silas, they were imprisoned. One night at midnight, they were praying, singing hymns. Other prisoners around, they joined in. And then at about midnight, a violent earthquake came. A lot of y'all know this story. If you do, just nod your head spiritually, okay? Earthquake comes rattles the foundation of the prison, the prison cells fall, and all chains on every prisoner fall off. The jailer, hearing this commotion, comes running in. He can't see anybody, and all he can see is every prison door open and chains on the floor. He immediately was going to take his own life. But the Holy Spirit spoke up. Paul speaks. He says, don't do that. We're right here. But what you need to understand, that's not Paul speaking. That's the Holy Spirit inside of Paul speaking. That jailer, even an unbeliever, heard love, heard the Spirit. And the cool part about that story is he didn't take his own life. Not only that, but Paul ends up going back to that man's home. And every person in his household was saved that night. You see what happens if you don't give up? You give up, you die on the sword. You stay alive, you touch others. That man saved his household because he listened to the Spirit.
I want to go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. We read this earlier. Kyle's about to kill me right now, I can tell, because I'm sitting here, and he's trying to get the screen in me in the same time. Like, it ain't working, is it, Kyle? I'm sorry, man. Kyle, I swear. Y'all don't know this. Like, he gets on to me, like, every Sunday when it's over with. He's like, dude, you messed all this. No, I'm kidding. He did. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who trust in the Lord will find their strength, or excuse me, find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Okay. I need y'all to pay attention to a part of this verse. Let me get my athletic jeans down. Okay. They will soar high on wings like eagles. Most of the time you hear this verse and you think, well, eagles, you know, that's a big bird, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's cool, you know, and, and it's, it's America's bird. That's even better. Cool. Yeah, it's America's bird. Okay. Well, I did some research because I got to thinking, like, why would God put wings like eagles? He didn't say you'll soar like eagles. He said wings like eagles, right? Y'all see this? Am I, am I right here? So no longer is it eagles, because that was always my thought process. I'm like, oh, I'm going to fly like an eagle. No, wings like eagles. Eagles are the fastest bird flying into the wind. When you're struggling and you're fighting that uphill battle into the wind, wings like eagles. He didn't say wings like sparrows. He didn't say wings like a hummingbird, which are real fast. That is kind of cool. Like, y'all ever watch that slow motion? Like, just, they're still fast, even the slow motion. But he's talking about wings like eagles. So in other words, when you're fighting that uphill battle into the wind, you need to remember God's going to give you wings like eagles. You're going to soar right through it. Amen? Cool. You know what I always think about when I, when I read that verse? I always think about Remember the Titans. You ever seen that movie? Come on now. Everybody raise a hand if you saw Remember the Titans. You know, what's hard. you know the part I'm talking about in the locker room? You know, he's like, Eagles, y'all. I love that part. It's one of my favorite parts. Who, what did they call him? What was his name? No, not Sunshine. No, it wasn't Sunshine. No, who was it? Rev. Reverend. Rev. Yeah. We need to just have a church night where we watch Remember the Titans. Like, I think that's a good idea. I mean, that's a good movie. We could watch that in the church, right? I mean, I think it's got a, maybe a few cuss words. No, it's a Disney movie. It should be all right. We'll look into that. Maybe next football season. I do want to move on, guys, because here's the thing. There's, an, there's a question that I'm asked more than any question about suicide, and that is if someone commits suicide, can they go to heaven? There is a lot of scripture to back up the answer I'm fixing to give you. Yes, they can go to heaven. Yes, they can go to heaven. Don't let anybody ever tell you any different. Because we got tons of scripture to back that up. I've only got five verses I'm going to read to you because that's all I need. I really didn't need all these. There's really one, but I figured I better give you more than one. So James chapter 2 verse 13. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others, but if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Okay, so here's the thing, guys. If you're showing mercy, if you're a Christian... If you're a child of God, 
you show mercy, right? Okay. God will be merciful when he judges you. If you've shown mercy in your life as a child of God, God's going to be merciful on you when he judges you. That also includes suicide. Okay? Next verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore, or excuse me, there is therefore now no condemnation that those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Okay? So in other words, there's nothing that's going to take you away if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're a child of God, nothing's going to keep you out of heaven. If you have reached salvation, nothing is going to keep you out of heaven. No matter what the last act that you had on earth is, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Y'all follow me? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weaknesses. Okay. Cool. So a weakness, right? If you know somebody that was struggling and they committed suicide, that was a weakness, right? His strength was perfect in those weaknesses, even in that type of weakness. Grace is sufficient, even in that type of weakness. There's not a list of weaknesses on here, and it tells you that his grace isn't sufficient in those. It's sufficient in all weaknesses. All weaknesses. It's the same as if you're an alcoholic or you're a drug addict. No matter what it is, those weaknesses that you face, that grace is sufficient. It doesn't matter what you struggle with. Understood? And then the last one, this is Jesus speaking. John chapter 10, verse 28 through 29. Love this verse. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than, what's that word? All. All. Thank you very much. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Let's read that again. My Father who has given them to me is greater than? All. That's not loud enough. My Father who has given them to me is greater than? All. Thank you. Much better. All. Even suicide. Amen? Don't let people tell you any different, guys. Don't let somebody come. Mm, I'm going to tell you what. There are some. Mm. I am. I'm going to say it. There are some. Den- I, I love all my churches. I love all of them. I love all my brothers and sisters. I do. And, and I'm, I'm a big believer in Romans chapter 14. They're stronger in faith and there's lesser in faith. So I'm going to tell you right now. Right now, in this situation, myself and this church is stronger than the, this other denomination. Okay? Because there's another denomination that literally teaches you that if you commit suicide, you're going to hell. Shame on y'all. That's terrible. Our God is full of grace and mercy. Okay? Now, there's a lot of truth there, guys. There's a lot of truth. You can't just walk in grace and mercy your entire life. God gives us that, this book right here to teach us truth, right? But it also does teach us grace and mercy. There's a good, you've got to have the right amount of that. And I truly believe that this church has that. I'm not just saying that because we started this church and I'm the pastor of this church. One of the things that me and my elders talk about constantly, you got to have a good level there. you got to have a good balance of grace and mercy and truth. That's why one Sunday I'll come in here and I preach a lot of truth. And then the next Sunday I'm going to follow it up with some grace. Okay? Because guess what? God's got it all. And you better follow every bit of it. Grace, mercy, truth. But the thing i got to get across to you all today No matter what the last decision is in your life, if you're a child of God, 
I'll see you one day in heaven. Amen? This is the last thing I want to bring up, guys. And then we'll get into closing. I need y'all to, I need y'all to understand. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings when I say this. And I'm not going to apologize for it because I, I, when I wrote this down, I was like, God, really? And yeah, mm-hmm. I know some people in here know people that have committed suicide. And I need y'all to understand, I'm not talking bad about them. I'm, I'm teaching. Y'all follow me here? I'm not talking bad about somebody that took their life. But what they did by taking their life was give me an opportunity to teach to y'all. Y'all follow me here? We're going to take something that was bad and we're going to make it good. Okay? Suicide is the most selfish act that any Christian can ever perform. How somebody can come to that point in their life and leave everybody else behind, that is pure selfishness. Now listen, you might have had a parent, a brother, a sister, a a spouse that did this. Take what's bad and make it good. Take those situations. Teach people to not take that step. To not go that far. Because it's never that bad. I promise you, there's brighter days ahead. I promise you. Keep trucking. Pull that other person out of you. Grab pen and paper. Dang. It's record timing, man. Bo over <laughs> Raise the roof, right? He's over here like, what? I'm going to slow down now. We're going to get out before the Baptists do. It's funny, that day one of my buddies who was a Baptist, I walked in, he was already eating his food and stuff. He was like, man, he's like, I bet your congregation is mad. (laughs) Go ahead, Nick. Suicide doesn't end your life. It eliminates the opportunity for God to change it. Amen, right? 